Welcome back to the Run Alive podcast. This week's guest is a multiple Masters world champion on the track, but she's also someone who's gone on a remarkable journey of self-discovery over the last few years, both in her running, but also in her personal life and how she views herself and her choices. Well, if I was giving this advice to, to my friend or if I was coaching somebody or if I was talking to my daughter, what would I say to them? And like, and then it suddenly is like, how can you speak to yourself? And, and but we do, you know, we, we all do it. We say things to ourselves that we would never dream of saying to anybody else. We go quite deep in this episode. We talk about the weight of expectations we have on our shoulders from others, be it our friends or even our family. My mum was disapproving of my running and she used to say, but you're not spending enough time with the kids. And, you know, the sacrifice of, of my life that I've given to my children and I've found something that fulfills me and lights me up. And, and even my own mother is, is shaming me and making me feel guilty about the hour that I spend running every day. It's just, it's just you know, it's a problem that we've, we've got in society, I think. We go quite deep into what success looks like, what that means for us and for our children, and how we and they might be really happy. Um, so I want to break the cycle with, with my own children of them feeling like success is just about achieving and actually make them feel deeply loved, being heard, understood, spend time with each one individually um, because I think that's the most important thing. You know, they, they, we are their role models and they see how hard I work. I don't need to worry about them working hard. This week's guest on the Run Alive podcast is Zoe Doyle. Um, so my name's um, Zoe Doyle and I'm um, a master's athlete and I am a middle distance athlete. So I do eight and 15 on the track. I'm also an, a coach um, uh, and an NLP practitioner. Zoe, what makes you come alive? Um, Competing. So, yeah, for me, it's just um, after all the hard work you put into training, it's the, it's the real exciting bit. And um, the bigger the stage, the better for me. And um, I always do do you know the best that I can, and um, and and actually hopefully get into that flow state where things just come together and you're you're in the moment and um and and that's when i i race the best and and when i'm feeling confident as well um and i feel really privileged actually to to still be able to compete at, at a high level that's fantastic we love a good natural competitor on the run alive podcast and especially one who's really happy to own it Zoe. so you're like you're in you're in the right place and um Alongside being a competitor, there's quite a lot to your life. You've got lots of bits going on. Just tell us, park your modesty, if you can, because you're a naturally humble and modest person. Just give us a few highlights of what's been going on for you across life in running and also outside of running, but what would you highlight over the last couple of years for us? Um, Well, yeah, I started competing um, in 2015 and... um, I became a double world champion in 2019. Um, I'm still getting wow. faster. Um, so my PTs were actually well, what's your, what's the world, What are your world champion, champion in? What events were um, those? I was world champion um, in the um, 1500 indoors and three, 3K. Um, and wow. I'm also uh, two times European champion outdoors um, in the 1500. Um, and this year I got um, silver medal in the World Masters um, 800 metres. Um, and last year I got the um, indoor mile um, for women over 40 British record. Um, What's that record? It's um, 5.03. 5.03, wow. That's pretty fast. That's impressive, Zoe. That's what I was looking for, by the way. Thank you for leaning into the question. 
And, you know, we don't only talk about running here, but I was looking at your performances and I was benchmarking against some people at the elite level and, and knowing when in time of life your performances have come. They're unbelievably impressive. You must be happy with them. Yeah, I mean, you. I think as an athlete, we're naturally hard on ourselves. We all want more. And I think particularly in my 800s, I you know, you have to have the right race. When you're going at that pace, mm. you don't want to be running wide, you, you know, all of those things. You want the weather conditions to be perfect. So actually I ran through 12 last summer after having COVID, which um, meant a lot to me because I, I'd been quite ill with COVID and it had taken me out of most of the season, including the, the Masters World Champs, um, which is where I actually got it. Um, and I went through in 62. I, so I think I can go faster. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. So, yeah, I, I feel like there's more. Um, I feel like there's, I could, you know, this year I got a 5K PV and it was just um, a 5K that I did. End of a training block. Um, really hadn't before I then went on to the, between indoors and outdoors. And and yeah, I got a five k PV, so I I know that there's, there's more, I yeah. can still chip away and and four hundred. I know I can go faster. Um, the races I did last summer weren't even properly timed. Mm. Um, so so yeah, I, I, I was forty five in June, um, and I'm really trying not to think age is going to limit me. Mm. Uh, at least for another couple of years. Love it. Mm. Well, it's incredible. So, yeah, I, I'm really hoping I'm still going faster when I'm 45 as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, alongside that competition, especially the stuff that's come more recently where you found that you've been able to go quicker, we um, spoke before and you were telling us a little bit about your story and, you know, especially how, um, yeah, how you, through COVID, I think you kind of reached that point of... Uh, sort of you know having uh, having to go on a journey towards um loving yourself a bit more and giving yourself a bit more uh self-compassion tell us a little bit about the background of that what triggered that how did you end up in that place um well I've got an autoimmune disease and that's one of the reasons I started running um and but I was always very hard on myself so I was had a bit of an overtraining issue and you know had seven stress fractures so I was always coming back um and then a few life events um a few fallouts with people at the club who's you know it was and different different things had happened and so when we entered COVID and lockdown I was in a really bad place and um and I had my worst ever injury which was a stress fracture to my femur and um and I really was like, right, I need to get out of this cycle. And what is it? And and I and I know just from being interested as an athlete um, on mindset and and you know looking at, at your own internal world mm. um, to think what is going on here and what are the deep rooted causes for for me to keep self sabotaging mm. um, and. Um, and and it, and it was the, a really good time to do it. Actually, um, we all had that time out, didn't we? When it was like lockdown. Yeah. So was it um, was it the actual stress fracture that made you do that kind of self um, assessment, as it were, or was that something that was going on as part of your life already? And well, I uh, think that's the thing that it's it's all linked, and and right. and so um, whatever is happening in your personal life or your you know, emotionally, it, it comes out in your body, and um, and so I knew there was a link, and it was about me exploring um, what it, what was going on actually inside, and the limit my limiting beliefs, mm. um, and and actually trying to change the story. Mm. So t- tell us a little bit more about those kind of limiting beliefs and, and how you went about sort of confronting them almost. What was that like? Yeah, well, I think it, it was it was hard um, and because I think a lot of reasons people don't 
go into what's going on for them and their subconscious is because it's messy mm-hmm. and it actually makes it harder for a while mm. before it gets better. What, what was going um, on for and, you? And picking all of that. Well, I, I, I think I had a deep-rooted um, feeling that I, I was never good enough and, and that's why whatever I did, it was never enough. And, uh, you know, exercise, running became an addiction and it was always about more, more and, you know, training-wise, that's just not the way you get better to a certain extent by, by working hard and doing more, but, um, but you need to rest. And I, and I think I, I saw rest as almost like a, a weakness that if I got slower, I needed to do more, not actually do less sometimes. Mm. Um, you talked about it getting um, that self-examination process can almost make things a bit harder for a little while before it gets better because it is that sort of anxiety-provoking process. How did you get the courage, resources, whatever you needed to st- to step into it because it's not easy is it no i think i'd got to a real low point and i and i think um that's usually when you you have that threshold of enough is enough mm. and i have to do something now and i have to make the change even though change is hard um i, I need to do it now and i think i i just got to that point um and it, it was time it was time to change things up um, mm. So I got a new coach and um, made changes in my training. And um, I I actually, I think, started creating boundaries for myself. I, I stopped interacting with some of the, my friends who, who were quite toxic um, and I knew weren't good for me. And actually COVID gave everybody the opportunity to do that kind of mm. audit on their life of like what is actually serving me what do i want to go back and do because if, when you haven't been able to do everything then you can be a lot more selective about um about because we've only got so much time and energy um so yeah i think i think it, it was really good for me was it for you was it a relatively sort of solo process or did you have a um, a coach or because I know you're an NLP practitioner but did you have a coach or a therapist or anyone walking alongside you through that um no I read a lot of books um and and I suppose I've always been in that space where people have come to me for advice and and I think that was part of the issue that I was coaching people on their personal lives without really knowing enough about it. So then when I came out of, of, of lockdown and COVID, I, I was like, actually, I, I want to be a coach. I want mm. to know how to do it properly. From, for actually, because learning to become a coach, it's all, all the self-work is done first before you can help other people. So, um, so that was like a natural progression for me um, to, to actually go in, to, to be trained up as a coach and an NLP practitioner um, because I'd already started the work on myself, but I think even doing the co- the courses, which took just over a year, um, allowed me to to keep going with my, my, my own work. For those who listening who don't know, just give us a quick definition. What's, what is an NLP practitioner? Um, it's a neuro-linguistic programming so um, they've basically taken the best part from therapy, all different therapies like hypnosis, and um, strategically thought about how they can use those techniques to, to help people overcome limiting beliefs, to understand their values and um, and and things that are stopping them and. Um, the, the things that we might suppress, um, the, the things that are stopping us in our subconscious, our subconscious always wants to come out and be heard. So even in the language we use, um, we we give a lot away about what's going on actually internally, even if we're not fully aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But a lot of people know that they've got things that are stopping them. And like we said before, sometimes it's easy not to deal with it. Um, but you need to deal with it to, to actually make real progress, I think. And so how was that for you? Um so you mentioned about this these kind of limiting beliefs and never feeling enough and how that was then kind of feeding into the way that you trained and overtrained and um probably some of your relationships as well like if that was where you were before what were the values and what were the what was that kind of what were the changes that happened out of that um journey that you went on um i think it was just really seeing through the lens of self-compassion and um even the way myself talk you know being a lot kinder and 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 actually sort of thinking well if I was giving this advice to to my friend or if I was coaching somebody or if I was talking to my daughter what would I say to them and like and then it suddenly is like how can you speak to yourself and and but we do you know we, we all do it we say things to ourselves that we would never dream of saying to anybody else. Um, mm. And it, and it's just that once you make that change and then, and then you start practicing it and then it can, it can have a, a big knock on effect of how you see yourself. And um, yeah. You talked about some of the outworkings of this being changing coach, maybe changing some of the relationships that you're in. What, what else would we, if we were looking at you in two snapshots, a kind of a little bit of a before and after, what would we see? Maybe almost on like that habitual patterning level, What's what are the things that routinely are different for you now than they were before? I think um, prioritizing myself and my self-care, I think um, as a mother of three, you mm. know, and it is a bit of a cultural conditioning that that we're meant to be selfless, that we're, we're meant to meant to just be giving, 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 mm. nurturing, and and I think um, it's it is really hard when you have kids, but I just had to have really find more balance and more time for myself, and actually have those boundaries. Um, and it does get easier as my kids are now nearly all teenagers um, and it, and it does get easier, but, um, but I really needed to prioritize myself and not, and not have that, you know, we judge other people. And I think it's a, it, it's a particularly female thing. It's because of the shame and the guilt mm. and, and that's generational and, and, you know, it's just, my mum was disapproving of my running. And she used to say, but you're not spending enough time with the kids. And, you know, the sacrifice of, of my life that I've given to my children. And I've found something that fulfills me and lights me up. Mm. And and even my own mother is is shaming me and making me feel guilty about the hour that I spend running every day. It's just it's just, you know, it's a problem that we've we've yeah. got in society it, i think it's uh, i'm i'm definitely not going to challenge that hang on i'm going to agree with that let me use simpler language because th these individual change journeys that we go on they're embedded in like history and context and culture and your experience of that is as a mother there were all these expectations on you which were on top of all the stuff going on for you as an individual that were a further barrier for you to kind of think through how do i handle that once i've unlocked this a bit it's big stuff yeah, yeah, and I think that's why I wanted to go into coaching to to help other people navigate all of this because it is really hard and that balance that we all need some some sort of balance in our life. Mm. It's um, it, it's we're we're always questioning ourselves and it's always a weighing up. So in two thousand and nineteen, um. I missed both, two of my children's birthdays, not because I was competing on those days. So I became a double world champion on their birthdays. Um, you know, so that's a really hard decision. Do yeah. you miss your kids' birthdays and go to your championship? 
and 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 actually like I've never I've only ever worked part part time when I've had my kids. I've I I knew that I had a lot in the bank to miss two birthdays, you know, and I I made their their cakes were in the freezer um, for my husband to take out. The, the the presents were all wrapped. I'd left them. We celebrated. We had proper big parties, you know. So they had two birthday celebrations when I came home, um, and and I and I justified it in my mind in that way. Um, but it, it's uh, yeah. There's always there's always those choices oh. to be to be made and and what might be right for some people wouldn't be right for others. There are, and, and um, you, I think, absolutely rightly brought sort of gender and gender roles into this and how people look at this situation. I bet it would be seen and potentially judged differently by people if it was a guy saying, I miss two of my children's birthdays to go and become a world champion. I think it would just, in people, trigger a different set of expectations and norms that might judge and for everyone watching in black and white and doing air quotes judge the situation yeah. sort of differently and we have to absolutely challenge was that right is that is that fair is that what we want for our society so yeah well more recently when i decided i i really could benefit from some warm weather training and and i announced it to my family you know excitedly that oh no i'm gonna get better i'm gonna have two weeks here. and 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 the resistance that i came across Yet my husband goes away with work all the time, and it was. But it, me as the stay-at-home mum, to to say I want to be away four weeks a year, two weeks for championships, two weeks for warm weather, um, all separate weeks in the year, um, was like, how much is that going to cost? And and um, what who's going to cook the dinner? And and all of those things, which it's it's totally you know, ridiculous and and unfair and, and actually I was very proud of myself that I that I that I stuck to it and I said, No, this is I'm not asking for your approval. This is what I'm doing. And I thought actually no, I'm being a really good role model yeah. to my kids. Yeah. To actually I'm being a better role model by showing them that we all have to do what's right for us. Um and and to a certain extent. Yeah. And this is how change happens. So you you mentioned balance, and we've got into issue questions of balance. We might, I think, we'd love to dive into that a bit more deeply. Just if I can, just go back and maybe satisfy one of my curiosities, which is you you approach training and running a little differently from how you would have done a couple of years ago, and there is greater self compassion in how you talk to yourself and how you treat yourself. How what's happened to performance over that? over that time and relative performance for you? Um, well, yeah, it's, I, I did wonder with the, the first race back, one of the first races back after sort of COVID, I thought, well, I used to just leave it all out there and, you know, as if it was life and death, I would just absolutely, um, you know, do everything I could to, to finish as far up as possible. And I thought, I just don't know if I'm going to hurt myself in the same way because, mm. and actually I'm not going to train as hard and I don't train as hard. Um, and uh, and I, I trusted in my new coach because he had a slightly different angle on, on how he trains people. And even being a master's athlete, he still was looking at it long-term rather than short-term goals. Um, so he, he did it very gradually. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got PVs in, um, 2021. Yeah. I've got, I know I, I still ran 212 last summer mm. and, um, and I got the British Awards last year. This year I, I got my first senior, um, South of England, um, medal in 800 indoors, um, bronze medal. Um, so, so yeah, I, I am enjoying it more and I'm happier and I'm not as hard on myself, but actually the performances um, are, are just as good as they've ever been, if not better. And mm. I'm, I've never felt so strong physically. I do a lot more in the gym mm. and, and mentally, actually, because 
you know, I, I also used to have a lot of kind of performance anxiety and, and mm. you know, I still get that to a certain extent. But um, I try and reframe it for myself and I think, oh, I'm, I'm so excited. I just want to do my best. And, you know, it's not about the outcome. I'm, I'm going to have lots of goals within this race, not just about the time or the position. It's, it's it, There's many things I can take yeah. something positive away from it. And, um, and then I think... I'm so lucky to even be on this start line and be healthy. Yeah. Um, and, and all of those things, I think, just being grateful, uh, actually seeing through that, that lens um, helps massively. Mm. I mean, I think, so we, yeah, it's clear there that, you know, what you just said, just bringing that kind of different uh, kind of, approach and that value of that you spoke about of self-compassion love and letting yourself be kind be kind to yourself like that's coming through and um sounds like it's well you know, uh, the numbers speak for themselves right you're still getting faster you're still breaking records you're still um, competing at the top level um we also spoke about um before the call about your values and you and we've talked touched on this a little bit in terms of balancing um, family as one value and the kind of freedom to do what you want to do and you know what you what your, what your job is right essentially um, and how you know that can be a, a bit of an, a, a balance a bit of battle sometimes um, what how do you know when that balance is going wrong um, well I think if my body's not recovering and I think um, you know, am I doing too much? It may not even be the training. It might be that I'm just diaries too busy mm. with stuff. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, I'm just instead of just pushing through, I'm listening to my body a lot more than I used to. Um, that's kind of key, really. Um, okay, so this is just a personal point, right? But um, just seeing as you mentioned that, it's not not in our plan at all. But that phrase, listening to my body, like that's a thing which I've heard lots of people say all the time. <laughs> and I think it means different things to different people. I certainly, I guess I'd say, I'm learning how to do it as well <laughs> in my own training, but I don't know. I, just because you said it, I've been thinking about it personally quite a bit over the last few days. What does that actually mean for you to listen to your body? What, like, give us an example of how how so you might do that, and then we'll go I'm, back to the question. <laughs> yeah, if my sleep is not as good as I know it should be, I mean things like resting heart rate. Right. I think actually having this sort of smart watches these days give us give us an insight into because yeah you. Like if, if, if it's coming up to a race and then your body starts to feel weird anyway. So so I know that you can kind of maybe see things that aren't even there um, at some points. But but I think, yeah, it's measures of like whether a, an easy run, I feel I feel tired mm. and or it's, it's much slower than it would normally be. Or, um, yeah, just that I've got, I'm aching when after a gym session which I wouldn't normally um and yeah and I, I think I, I think sleep and sleep can also be that you've got things on your mind but normally mm. I sleep really well um yeah I think the performance data is quite mm. is quite important that's really interesting I think especially because um we're all juggling more than just our running I mean and obviously you're super competitive and high level at running and we're less so and there'll be others somewhere in between and you know uh, running mean that that kind of commitment that we have to running one way or the other is different for everyone but we also have you've got three children so do i gary's got two like you know and they have demand family life has demands work other work is having demands so again like how do you know whether it's your body or it's just the demands of life or is it both and you know how yeah. do you go about navigating that well i on a sunday night i i plan my week and i i have to visually see it so i write out my diary for the week and I, and i think even that can help because you can think am i just back to back with things 
have I got enough time to actually take some time out? And um, yeah, I think planning too much, actually, I, I need to have time where I'm just for an afternoon of not doing that much or at least a couple of hours. Um, so I, I think that's quite big for me. Also, like being on the phone too much and again the phone tells you if you've if you've uh, if <laughs> if your viewing time's in, increased doesn't it um mm. so that to me is like it's not just tiredness scrolling it's it's usually and you can become overactivated. so i mean i switch my phone off at eight or nine every night um because i think by that time you just need to wind down have a good night's sleep um but but even not being on it too much during the day um i think it's is 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 the approach uh, you know all of i started doing it because i wanted the kids to none of us have our phones in in the bedrooms at night and um mm-hmm. so yeah i think i think little things like that you can start to and then i suppose my maybe coping mechanisms which we've all got start to kick in and, and you and you notice them and you think, oh, okay, well, what's going on? Actually you need to ask yourself that question. Yeah, I'm hearing a really really lovely blend of like the, the data and the the information that you can get and the and the kind of sense of intuition and listening to your body and the other things that are going on. But what's sort of underneath a lot of this is your capacity to remain aware of what's going on with you and to see that as an important thing and to pay attention to that and be conscious of of all of these things because otherwise you could very easily just ignore all of this great stuff at your disposal and all these signals are getting from your body. But it seems like you've really yeah. cultivated an ability to be appropriately aware of it without being obsessed on it about it, just use it to guide you. I was curious coming into this to know how the last you've had children for a, for a little while. I think I think one of them's in, in in their teens. So you've clearly you're clearly someone who changes and places emphasis on sort of self transformation and 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 change. How have you noticed you parent differently from how you used to over the last couple of years? Well, I think once I became aware of the cycle, and you know, like I spoke about my mum. And my mum's got lack of fulfillment, maybe not feeling good enough issues going on, which is why she's really put it onto her kids to achieve. She needs to, you know, she wanted us all to go to university because my parents didn't go to university and move away from Newcastle, where I'm from. And, you know, it, she, my sister's a very good tennis player. She, she, tennis was her thing. Like, um, so I want to break the cycle with with my own children of them feeling like success is just about achieving, and actually make them feel deeply loved, seen, heard, understood, spend time with each one individually, um, because I think that's the most important thing. You know, they they we are their role models, and they see how hard I work. I don't need to worry about them working hard. My husband works really hard too. But they that's they're going to do that naturally. But I, I what I'm more concerned about is them not placing their self worth on what they achieve or don't achieve. And actually, that success is is about happiness and fulfillment. And that doesn't necessarily mean financially earning a certain amount or um, winning. You know, it's it's okay to just to not win. And you know, my sister, my um, my daughter's started running, and she's she's an under um, thirteen. She's actually eleven, and and she her head will go down when she doesn't come in the top three or she doesn't win. And and I just like really got to, you know, I hate that. I hate that comparison. I just. I like it's about you. You did really well. You got a PB. You ran really fast. And and actually, I, I say to her, I'm not. You've done so well this season. Like you can't always get PBs. You know, it's just about you trying your mm. best. That's enough. That's always enough. If you try, if you try really hard, you try the best on that day, the given circumstances. That is always enough. And I just I want my kids to feel like 
they are enough for who they are without anything else. Um, and yeah, I, I think maybe that's, I think we talk to our kids in a different way. You know, I'm not going to be unfair on my parents. I think it's just mm. a generational thing. We are so much more aware of, of, of all of that and how to mm. talk to our kids and, and, and what's it, what, what they need to hear. Um, and I think it just, we used to, you know, we're used to suppressing our emotions mm. and, um, and actually I want my kids to feel the whole spectrum of emotions and that there's no right or wrong and it's okay for a girl to be angry and a girl to be competitive because that's like the stereotypes of, of it's not really being a female attribute. Um, my daughter's not going to have that so much because she's got two brothers. Um, whereas I had two sisters and went to an all-girls school. Um so, 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 yeah. When she's angry, it's like, it, it, and and she fights like a boy. It's like that's that's okay. Yeah, actually. So let me let me maybe ask a question then. I kind of think I know the answer, but and maybe this isn't this is a false dichotomy. But hey, for one of your children, would you rather maybe I don't know? See what you say. World champion or very, very, very happy all the time. Oh, definitely happy because, you know, I've known a lot of really high-performing athletes um, and I've actually dated quite a few famous um, high-profile athletes and, and none of them are happy, <laughs> not really. But they're not, they all have such huge issues that actually... You know, I, I do think about people who, who aren't as high achieving and I think they're just so content with their lives mm. and, and happy and um and that's great. Yeah. If if you can be like that. But um but yeah, I I, I don't want to attach anything like that to to my kids because whatever they do, whatever they decide to, to be and do is is you know, is is good enough for me what would you say then to someone listening or, or even your children um in terms of your kind of one piece of advice or uh, yeah one piece of advice to help them find out how to be happy um i think they just need to trust themselves and um i trust them and that's um a lot of people care too much about what other people think, but when you actually go with your gut instinct and and what you know, what you believe, living the values that mean the most to you, then then that's actually how you attain fulfillment and happiness. Lovely. I've got one sort of final, slightly random question, but there will definitely be people listening to this who are that like you who are they hit the the kind of vet category age groups and they start to really really perform and maybe in a way that's uh, surprising to them or that they hadn't done when they were younger and i'm curious to know do you ever wonder you'd be human it's a very human thing to do what would have happened if you had quote unquote discovered and really focused on running younger do you ever wonder what might have been possible for you and if you do that wondering, what do you do with all that stuff that comes up when you when you, when you wonder? Because <laughs> it's been and gone and done, um, right? And we want to be yeah, forward looking and all that. Yeah. What do you do with it? Yeah. Well, no, it, it kind of happened. So when I started running properly um, in 2015, I went on a training camp um, with Nick Anderson, Tom Craggs, yeah. and um, Bud Baldero. And and they saw me on the track, and and I wasn't pushing it. I was doing seventy twos. I was going too fast, but I was I was very comfortably doing four hundreds and seventy twos. And Bud said to me, he said, "If somebody had got you when you were fifteen, you could have been world class." So now, that's and, right, and so of, that's in your head now. What did you do with that? <laughs> yeah. Well. But then, so this was in 2015, I think my heart sank for, for a bit. And I thought, they're not interested in me because I'm already 35. Uh-huh. They're interested in, because all, all of my friends who I was with, are like, um, you know, 
over 10, 12 years younger than me, um, the girls that I'm training with. And, and, and my heart sank, but then I thought, well, it was actually my friend. She said, but you can still, you still are world-class. You can still be world-class. And this, and she said, maybe it's, it's harder actually, maybe it's harder to be world-class when, when you're mm. older. And, and actually, even now, I'm, I'm competing with girls who've been athletes their whole lives. Mm. And yeah, they might have taken time out to have kids, but, you know, they, they've ran two minutes or, or sub-two minutes in back in their day. They've, they've been to the Commonwealth Games. They've done all of that. I haven't. Yeah. I, I, and, and so, so actually, you know, it's that comparison thing. You don't compare your journey to other people's. Um, and also, I had a huge maternal instinct. And I know a lot of women, a lot of people are choosing not to have kids now. And actually, the birth rate's going down. And, and But for me, it was something within me was like, I want to have children. I need to have children. I, and I had my kids quite fairly young, and most people. Um, these days uh, but, and I don't regret that because I think if I'd been an athlete and I'd had to then make the choice of um, you know settling down finding a partner having children it would have been a much harder decision and it was something that I intrinsically just really needed to have children really wanted to and, and gave my all into having them and actually had the energy when I was young to 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 really enjoy my my children, and you know sacrificed a lot. I breastfed all all three for a year, all of them, you know. And again, that was my personal choice, but I wanted that bonding experience. I wanted to give them the best start, and 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 so maybe running wouldn't have been the love of my life like it can be now if I'd done it then maybe it, it would have been just I would still would have had that struggle that, that of freedom and um, family mm. that because I knew from a very young age I wanted to have a family um, and I and, you know that's not the same for everybody some of my friends the husbands that stay at home they're mm. the breadwinner they went back to work after six months you know what's right for, for one person isn't right for another. But me personally, um, I, I, I really wanted to enjoy that mm. time bringing up my, my children. Um, but now, you know, now it was my time mm. to, to actually have, try and have both. Um, yeah. But actually to prioritise myself a bit more as well. And, and I think Sorry. you might be right. I think doing it now, might even raise the bar on some of what you're doing for, for in, in terms of how hard it is to achieve uh, compared to some other folks. And uh, yeah, I think you own that absolutely brilliantly. Thank you. A couple of quick questions to finish, Zoe. What's coming up next for you um, personally, professionally, and in running, in the running world? Um, so running, um, I'm building up to um, the European um outdoor masters championships in Pescara um end of September. Um next year the world championships are in Gothenburg in July and um indoors are in back in Poland in March, which are European. Um also got some exciting thing that may or may not happen, but um but I'm hoping to be selected for the mixed relay team. So four by eight hundred um, who will be competing um, to get the, in the Bahamas in May to hopefully get a qualifying time for the Paris Olympics. Wow. Ooh. So that, you know, might might not happen, but um, but it's amazing that it even could happen. Um, and um, I'm also um, about to start being involved in a running app and, and I've got a couple of collaborations um, which will be on social media, and um, and yeah, um, my my coaching. I'm I'm starting um, to do some group mentoring um, from mm. September. 
Oh, awesome. And where can people find out more about you? Um, wh- wh- where can they follow you on social to find out how um, you get on and what's coming out? What's coming up? So my Insta handle is um, Zoe Doyle dot underscore and um, my website's um, Zoe Louise Doyle dot com. Brilliant. Zoe, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story with us um, today. It's been, I mean, you know, we've we've touched on subjects that we haven't we've never touched on before yeah. so thank you it's been super inspirational yeah thanks a lot Zoe thank you oh, thanks a lot I really enjoyed that don't we get to meet some great people on this podcast wow we do uh that was really cool it's such a different conversation than any of that we've had so far but i found so so considered she's obviously really kind of spent that time to work out what makes her tick and what's important to her and Mm. what values are and is living that out yeah so considered i love that phrase and just meeting her again now i got the same resonant feeling as when we met her before which is i feel bit calmer because of how she is and the presence that she brings and what she projects i love that yeah and i'll i'll be really honest as well it's a i get i just also get a kick out of of meeting a real human being who is clearly a real human being and has so many parts and roles and she's such a high performer Mm -hmm. and i've gone on a bit about casually a double world record world champion and british record holder yeah really really hard to do and the and the and and the absolute performance levels are really high yeah. so i just i just enjoy that as well and, and and just constantly get a kick out of the fact that she's also a human being with all this other stuff going on and and, the th- and all of the self-talk that we all have really um inspirational to meet her i agree i feel i feel calmer <laughs> i feel <laughs> her groundedness has rubbed off on me i feel a little i think i feel a little bit jealous as well if i'm completely Which bit? honest of just how grounded and how yeah. like secure yeah. she she seems yeah yeah she's put the work she's put the work in ed come on but no i i can see where you're coming from it is a i'll take that sense of sort of jealousy in a way and and say yeah i want a bit of that and that's sort of quite inspirational as well isn't it she's done the work she's done the reflection she takes it seriously and she's established some patterns and some ways of being that's my experience of her um so totally with you do you know the other thing what was also really cool about that conversation was we went into some great hotter territory and it's not necessarily hot territory in wide society but it's not spaces we've been before gender gender roles parenting bringing your personal history with you in life as we do what you learn from that what you can do with it just took us into i think some really really good spaces yeah and i think it's interesting because like we don't often talk about that stuff right no. and no. so everyone else just everyone just thinks everyone else is doing it perfectly and doesn't have yeah. problems or yeah. doesn't struggle with this stuff and ultimately i don't think she said in the episode but she said before everyone's winging it right yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. um, and you know we make as many mistakes as we have victories but everyone just assumes that you know but we're very good at like pro- projecting how perfect things are and actually being happy to talk about that a little bit more openly yeah, I found yeah, that really helpful. Yeah, she was good. She was staunch in it. And maybe people could even hear, like, at one point I was like, oh, hang on, I've got to decide where I stand on this because mm. Zoe said some stuff. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I agree with you. And I like that. Yeah. She's yeah. staunch and you've got to decide where you stand when you come against, uh, when you come into contact with people like that. So let's deal with my jealousy a little bit and put me on the journey <laughs> uh, towards <laughs> towards finding myself. Um, yep. This week's Run Alive Go Do, yep. it's about uh being kind to yourself so mm. i think we are gonna ask everyone in what ways can we be kinder to ourselves so ask yourself the question in what ways this week can i be kinder to myself yeah um when we're not over complicating this one are we it's came directly from zoe it's a beautiful question it's unlocked so much for her and 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 it and she still keeps hitting those those objective outputs as well and is clearly loving the process mm. What would I say? I'm going to say on a deep practical level, the kindest thing I can do to myself is take a few things off the to-do list, Gary. It doesn't all have to be done today. Like what? Where's that? What are you going to take off your to-do list? Come on. 
I'm heading towards, we're recording this at kind of an interesting time of the year, I'm heading towards some, some holidaying and I'm trying to schedule stuff now for when we come back. So I'm like trying to force decisions on myself and others like we're doing it, we're not doing it, whatever. It's okay. It can wait. Let's let it evolve. Let's let it emerge. Let's see what happens in that space. And even as I say that to you, I'm feeling a little bit lighter and a little bit happier. So I'm going to be taking off the list, forcing people into like making decisions to schedule stuff. And we're going to roll with it a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But hey, this is really for you as we've talked about. (laughs) (laughs) So what's going on, man? What for you? I mean, I think um, for me, I'm going to like the first step would probably be take some time for myself. A little mm. bit. Mm. Um, funny again, yeah. And we 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 are recording this in August. It's going to go out a little bit later in the year, so mm. few people are going to catch up. But just to give a bit of context, it, it's holiday time for many people. Usually, Augusts are are quieter for me and business wise. It's not turning mm. out that way this August, which in some ways is good, but it does mean um, that every hour of the day can be filled with stuff, and um, whether that's um, work or kids or family life whatever so actually you know being able to say do you know what i need some time for myself i need to go and think about what the important things are right now um it's okay if uh you know if i, I don't need to feel guilty about that or mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is so i think i take a couple of walks i'm just gonna go take a couple of walks do it do it love it and as your metaphorical and and in times past literal running buddy i'll check in with you on how that's going mate you deserve that time off as well i I know how hard you work and i know that you 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 do a lot for others as well so yeah take a bit for you love it enjoy okay good so we've both got things to do go away uh, ask yourselves that same question in what ways can i be kinder to myself this week Uh, we really hope you've enjoyed this episode um if you have please let us know put it like comment and um, share it on social media uh you know the biggest thing that you can help us to do to grow this episode uh, this uh, podcast is to share it yes. with another person um but you can also subscribe to it uh on apple podcasts follow it on spotify wherever you get your 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 podcasts um and please do let us know um what you liked about it what you didn't like about it even mm. um and who else you would like to hear on the run alive podcast you can follow us on social media at run underscore alive 